Welcome to SpacePod. I'm Carrie Nugent. I'm a professor at Olin College, and I study asteroids. I have a pretty cool job, and one of my favorite parts is getting to meet all the interesting people who spend their days exploring space. Each week, I'll introduce you to one of these smart folks and ask them to tell us about their corner of the cosmos. Today's guest is Dr. Olivier Witas. Dr. Witas is the project scientist of the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer mission and the head of the solar system section at the European Space Agency in the Netherlands. We are recording on May 2nd, 2023. I am drinking La Colombe Café. It's like a canned pumpkin spice latte. And I will tell you that this has been in my fridge for too long. So maybe it's a little past the expiration date. <laughs> what are you going to be drinking? I've been to the supermarket and I, I wanted to try something I never tried before. Wonderful. So it is called Zonatura Vita Boost. It's a drink, I guess, to increase the immune system with orange juice and ginger. And I like very much, I like very much this kind of, of beverage, but this one I never tried. So I'm a bit curious. I don't want to say scary, but let's, <laughs> let's try. That sounds like a perfect drink to try. Cheers. So cheers. Yeah, no, that's good. I was expecting more on the ginger, but that's good. I'm glad to hear it. And now your immune system is boosted, which is <laughs> <laughs> never a bad thing. Mine is, is really good, actually. Despite being past the expiration date, mm -hmm. it's very creamy and nice. And the pumpkin flavor is good. It's not like, I don't know, sometimes the pumpkin spice is no good for me. But it's really nice. So now that we are drinking our drinks... We get to talk about the Jupiter Icy Moons Explorer, or JUICE mission. I think it's great that you are also drinking juice for this. <laughs> and this just launched on April 14th and will reach the Jupiter system in 2031. What will JUICE do once it gets to its destination? So first we have to go there. That's a big, big journey, eight years. We can talk about that later. But once we arrive in, in 2031, that will be, the, for many people, the most interesting phase of the mission. And we have to be ready because everything is cast in stone, more or less, in terms of trajectory. We have a very dense plan in terms of operation, flybys until the end of the mission. So what we will start with is with the, the Jupiter orbit insertion. So that means we need to be captured by the gravity field of Jupiter. So that's a, a very uh, critical moment because there is only one chance to do that. Once we are there, we need to switch on the engine to decelerate and to be captured by the gravity field. So it has to work. There is no, no other way. And then once we are in the Jupiter system, we first start with a phase of three years or even a bit more and a bit less that we can still fine tune a little bit. And we'll be orbiting Jupiter. And every orbit or every two or three orbit, there will be a flyby of an icy moon because the main goal of the mission is to, as the title suggests of the, the mission, is to explore the icy moons, which are Callisto, Europa, and Ganymede. So there will be in total 34 flybys of those moons. Ah, so exciting. And then the best part will be at the end. So also those flybys that are used as to explore the moon, but also to do gravity assist. So we'll change the trajectory such that we can enter into orbit of Ganymede. So another orbit insertion. That's a quite cool in, for, in terms of mission design. So another burn of the main engine, and then we are captured by the gravity of Ganymede the biggest moon in the solar system. And then we, we do the, the final part of the mission. So between nine months and one year, we go lower and lower in altitude, and then we map the moon, understand, try to understand everything about the moon. And at the end, once the mission will be over, because something will break, either the, the, the spacecraft will not work anymore at some point, or there will be no fuel anymore to control the spacecraft. 
then will impact on the surface of Ganymede. So this basically that's the, the four or five years of mission after we arrive at destination in 2031. That's so exciting. I cannot wait to see everything you discover. You talked a little bit about the process of getting there. Do you want to expand on why that's interesting? Yeah, so the Juice spacecraft is very heavy because we have a, we have a lot of instrument. We embark a lot of fuel for all our maneuvers. We have big solar panels. So all, all in all, it's six tons. So it's quite heavy for, for a mission and also for a planetary mission. And we launch with Ariane 5, which is powerful, but not powerful enough to send us directly towards Jupiter. Otherwise, it will take something like three years. But instead of going directly to Jupiter, we need to make several orbits around the sun and to make gravity assist at planets like Earth and, and Venus to get more energy and to be able to reach Jupiter. So that's why it, take, it takes four orbits around the sun and eight years to go to, to Jupiter. So that's what the price we have to pay to send a heavy spacecraft there. But this is a technique which is being used by all, uh, all interplanetary missions like Rosetta, Galileo, Cassini. So it's a kind of standard technique. So there is not much risk. We just need to, to be patient and to wait until we get there. And will you also be taking pictures of Venus or trying to do any sort of main belt asteroid flybys, you know, on your way? So for the, for the planets, there will be uh, three flybys of the Earth and one very special. The next one in August 24 will be not only Earth flyby, but lunar Earth flyby. That's the first time we do that so we, because we take advantage of the moon being at the right position to first make a moon flyby and then one and a half day later, the Earth flyby. Then there will be Venus and then two Earth. And yes, doing those four flybys or five if we count the, the moon, uh, we will be taking pictures, we'll take some measurement, what we call calibration. So that means operate the instrument in the environment which is known like the Earth, for example, the magnetic field. So it's good to operate the magnetometer in the Earth's environment. We can see if the magnetometer works well. So we will do this kind of, uh, of operation, plus a few pictures. Yes, of course, it's always good to say hello and bye-bye to, to the Earth. At Venus, it will be a little bit more complicated because at Venus, it's very warm. I mean, it's closer to the sun and JUICE is designed to work at Jupiter where it's cold. So passing via Venus, it's not super uh, great for the, for the spacecraft design. So we have a lot of constraints. So we'll not, we are not going to operate a lot the instrument, for example, but otherwise uh, we will do as much as possible. And then you mentioned a possible asteroid flyby. It's not yet part of the mission. We have to study it. Because what we know about the trajectory in the solar system, so far we didn't find any possibility of a close flyby of an asteroid, even if there are many, many asteroids. It's still quite empty, which is good <laughs> for the risk of collisions. But we try to find if there will be an asteroid not too far from JUICE during the cruise phase. So far we didn't find any, but now that JUICE is in space, so we know the trajectory. So we can refine the analysis and also we have to take into account how much fuel do we want to spend if you want to make a small maneuver to go closer from an asteroid. But of course, it has to be a small maneuver because we don't want to spend all our fuel for an asteroid and it has to be an interesting asteroid. Right. <laughs> so this is the kind of discussion. I mean, even if all asteroids are interesting, we, we need to study that. So we... This is typically the, the, the kind of discussion we'll have in the next year and in the next two years with, the, with our scientists to see what are the possibilities and 
what decision we want to make. Once it gets to the Jupiter system, what sort of questions will you be investigating and learning about? Yeah, so as I said, Jupiter is the moon explorer, Juice. It's mainly to study the three moons, which are Europa, Ganymede, and Callisto, the three icy moons in the Jupiter system. And the main question is that we want to find out whether there are habitable places inside those moons around the planet like Jupiter. It's quite, fascin- it's quite a fascinating question. And in particular, the main question to address habitability is to find the ingredient for life. And one of the ingredients for the search for life is liquid water. And we know there is liquid water inside the Europa moon, most likely inside the Ganymede moon, and maybe inside the Callisto moon. So the three moons are really different. So Europa is pretty clear. And the, the ocean is also quite interesting as well because it's in contact with the rocks of Europa. Ganymede, we think the ocean is, is between two ice layers. And Callisto, there is a question mark about the, the presence of the ocean. But it's very important first to confirm that there is liquid water because liquid water is a very important question in the universe. Where do we have liquid water? And then where it is, how many kilometers of ice do we have between the surface and the liquid water? It's quite important. For example, for Europa, it's maybe tens of kilometers, maybe for Ganymede, more than 100 kilometers, and, and Callisto maybe even deeper. What is the depth of this ocean? In other words, how much water? We think there is a lot of, a lot of water in Ganymede. Maybe it's the place in the solar system with the most important amount of liquid water. And Callisto, we don't know. And what is the composition in terms of salt, for example? So we can get a little bit of information on the composition. And we will focus on Ganymede for, for our mission, but we will study a little bit Europa and also Callisto. So we'll be able to, to understand very well Ganymede and to compare with Europa and Callisto. And that's very important to have three points because Europa is a quite interesting, an active moon close to Jupiter. Maybe, maybe we have some geysers. So water vapor escaping the surface. On the other hand, we have Callisto, which when we see the surface, it's many, many craters like our own moon. So it's a dead, it's a dead surface. It's maybe the moon has not evolved since the beginning of, of the Jupiter system, the birth of, of Jupiter. And Ganymede is in between. So between a dead moon and an active moon. So we'll see what we get. But for sure, any any result will be very interesting. Absolutely. Why did the mission team decide to focus on Ganymede instead of Europa or Callisto? Ganymede, it's, it's a very unique moon. In fact, we find out that uh, well, it's the biggest moon in the solar system, the biggest moon of Jupiter, so bigger than Mercury. So it's like it, if Ganymede will be in the inner solar system, it will be like a planet. Then there is a lot of liquid water. The interior is quite interesting. It has really evolved a lot since its formation. So we think there is even, even a, a core which generates its own magnetic field. And that's the only moon which generates its own magnetic field. So magnetic field is a very important feature for any target, for any moon, any planet. It's good on Earth to have the magnetic field. It protects us. So what is the role of this magnetic field at Ganymede? So Ganymede is a very unique object. So that's why we decided to focus on it. The other reason is more technical and and the financial. It's it's because Europa, it's even if it's very interesting, it's very close to Jupiter. And so in terms of radiation environment, it's quite difficult to design a mission at Europa. So with the budget that we have, with the, the technical constraint that we have when we built the spacecraft, it was very difficult to have a mission at Europa. 
because of the radiation environment. So for the electronics, the instrument, it's very difficult. So Ganymede, it's uh, much easier in terms of radiation. So that's why we, we decided to focus on Ganymede. But the good thing is that we have the Europa Clipper mission from NASA that we launch next year. So we'll be together in the system, in the Jupiter system, and they focus on Europa, which is great. And we focus on Ganymede and the rest. That's going to be so incredible. Yeah, we have also the, the, the rest of the system. We have Jupiter, the atmosphere, the magnetosphere, also the other moons, Io, the dust system. So we'll, we'll study a lot of things. In fact, it's a very rich mission. We focus on the moons, but the rest is also quite interesting. Yeah, let's not forget Jupiter, right? <laughs> it's a giant, interesting planet right there. And I just can't get over the fact that we'll have two spacecraft at the same system at the same time, because that's never happened before. <laughs> we are very excited by that. The, the science team, uh, they are very happy. There will be an overlap for sure, or two or three years, something like that. So we have also already some plans to, to work together, to observe together, a, a lot of ideas of synergies between the two missions. So I think it's just great. Several decades ago, the Galileo spacecraft went to the Jupiter system. How does JUICE kind of build upon Galileo's knowledge and complement it? It's really the, the next step after Galileo, because Galileo did a lot of flybys of the moons. And thanks to the Galileo data, we find out that there is this internal subsurface ocean at, at Europa in particular. And there is a question mark at Callisto, and also there was some good data for Ganymede. But we don't know much more about, about those oceans. So that's why JUICE is the next step because we have a, a more geophysics instrument to study the interior of the moon. So we'll focus on the interior of the moons. We'll also study the surface and the atmosphere and the magnetosphere, of course, but the, the main news is really to, to know about the interior. And that's it's really the next step after, after Galileo. Every mission is a step-by-step. -step, and here it's really a logical, a logical step. There also is something interesting about being able to observe if these moons have changed over the last couple of decades, you know, when we saw them with Galileo, they were just these one snapshots. And so now we can have some sort of idea of how they change with time or they don't change with time over this very short window. Well, we know that Io changed a lot because Io, it's a volcanic volcanic moon. So there is one erup volcanic eruption per day, more or less. So every day there is something new on, on, on Io. We know it's the most volcanic system in the in the solar system. It's the most active moon in the solar system. So Io change every day. Europa, it will be in interesting to check because Europa is also an active moon with the resurfacing of the surface with the ice tectonics and the geysers, if, if they exist. So Europa, it's interesting also for changes. Ganymede, we need to, we need to see. Indeed. And Callisto, we don't think the surface change a lot because it, the, the activity of Callisto is very low. But we need to check. It's all of this uh, This information will be will be checked. Maybe the, some terrain will change the color or there will be new craters. So that has to be checked, of course. Yeah. And when you're checking, you're probably going to discover something really interesting that we don't even know about right now. Yeah, <laughs> of course, of course. There will be always some surprises which is the best part of any any mission. You've worked on a lot of spacecraft missions, missions to Saturn, to Mars, to Venus. What does that feel like to really be an interplanetary explorer? Because some people focus on just one thing, but you've you've done quite a lot. Yeah, I think it's great. As you said in the introduction, I have also a cool, a cool job. <laughs> 
to be able to work on different missions. So yes, at the beginning, I was focusing on, on one area. I was more on, on Mars. I was interested in the, in the plasma environment at Mars. But then when I started at the European Space Agency, I was working on, on the Titan mission, the Huygens mission, then Venus, then the Moon mission, then Mars missions, then back to uh, outer planet. So what I like is that we have a lot of diversity. It's, it's always something new to learn. There is always a lot of discoveries to make, and we can really learn a lot from one mission to another. For example, when I moved to, to the JUICE mission, I was working on Mars missions. And in particular, I, I spent a lot of time dealing with the Mars Express mission, which is a very incredible mission, which still work after 20 years. The Mars Express mission was designed to study everything on Mars. So the interior, the subsurface, the surface, the atmosphere, the cloud, the, the plasma environment, and even the moons, so Phobos and Deimos. So we did some many flybys of, of Phobos, for example. So when I moved to JUICE, it was more or less the same topics because we want to study everything. So the interior, the surface, the atmosphere, the magnetosphere, and the moons. So it was a kind of similar mission, but with a bigger scale because we have three moons at Jupiter that we were interested in. We have the planet, which is much bigger, the magnetosphere, which is much bigger. But the processes are similar. So it was quite interesting for me to, to, to adapt or to think about what I learned on Mars Express to move that to JUICE. So this kind of thing. So I'm very interested by everything. In fact, all planetary science, I think it's great. I like to study um, things which are not necessarily linked to each other. So what we call interdisciplinary. I want to give one example. On, on JUICE, we'll be studying the, the liquid water, which is a few hundred of kilometers underneath the Ganymede crust. And one way of, of studying this ocean is to study the aurora on Ganymede which are produced because of the internal magnetic field, like on Earth. So this is plasma physics, because the aurora is they are generated by energetic particles bombarding the, the moon. So this is plasma physics, which is being used to study the interior of a moon, in particular liquid ocean. So it's completely different topics. So I like this kind of stuff. I'm very curious. So I'm, I'm learning every day. So that's why it's great. Looking back at your career so far, do you have a particular discovery or like moment that really stands out to you as like exciting or thrilling? When I was working on um, on Mars Express, I liked very much when we prepared the flybys of the Phobos moon. That was very, very interesting in terms of uh, trajectory, science, decision about which science we wanted to focus on during the flybys because we could not do everything at the same time. I had a very interesting moment preparing those flyby, analyzing the data with the colleagues, et cetera, et cetera. So that was one example. Another example is the Huygens mission that landed on Titan in January 2005. And that was, I think, one of the great moments in the exploration of the solar system. Yeah. That was the first time we landed on, on such a moon, on the parachute. We didn't know what we would find on the surface. And I remember I was in our operation center in Darmstadt in Germany. And when we saw the first images in the big screen, in a big control room, that was a very emotional, emotional moment, I have to say. When you work on these missions and design these missions, or even plan something like a trajectory, you're, you seem like you're always weighing choices. And, you know, these choices seem very high stakes. You know, do we do this trajectory, that trajectory? Do we orbit this moon? Do we orbit that moon? Because 
there's so much left to discover. Like, how, how do you make decisions? <laughs> it's a very interesting topic, this trajectory design. Because already to the design of the trajectory, it's something quite complex. Because you have to, we have, you have a lot of things to take into account. For example, how much fuel do I have in the spacecraft to do all my, all my maneuvers? So in other words, how many maneuvers can I make? Can I enter in orbit around Ganymede? Can I make this flyby? Then you have other constraints like the radiation environment. We need to, for example, for JUICE, we need to design a trajectory which allows the spacecraft to survive. So if we go too close to Jupiter, it will not work. This, this, this kind of thing. Then we have to take into account all the scientific requests for such a mission. For example, for JUICE, we want to study Europa a little bit. We want to focus on Ganymede. We want to make some flybys of Callisto. We want to study Jupiter. We want to study the array of Jupiter. So that means we need to to have a viewpoint from the orbit to, to see the poles of Jupiter. But if we make the flybys of the moon, we are in the equatorial plane of Jupiter because the moon's the, the orbit in the equatorial plane of Jupiter, so which is not the same as orbiting at a different inclination to, to see the poles. There is a lot of decision that we need to make. And I have to say, it's quite interesting. We have to collect all the ideas from the scientists then we need to give those ideas to the people doing the mission analysis. They need to take all this uh, input and constraint into account, the lifetime of the mission also. And then they need to propose a few options because they say, oh, we, we can do that, we can do that, we can do that. And then we discuss with the scientists and uh, we make the plots, we see the, the coverage, we see where the trajectory is in the Jupiter system. And then, yeah, you you try to select the best trajectory. It's, it's, a, it's an ongoing process. We are, we are still working on it on, for JUICE. Well, you have some time. <laughs> yeah, indeed. Yeah. It's interesting because I think many people can relate to working in an organization and, and maybe that organization having problems to make decisions. And one thing about these missions is you've got to get good at making decisions as a group because there's so many decisions to make along the way. I think that's really interesting. Well, thank you so much, Dr. Vitas, for being on the show. And now that we've heard all about the JUICE mission, we get to hear a fun fact about Olivier. Last year, I did my first marathon. Oh, wow. I always thought that I would never run a marathon because I always thought it's a crazy idea. I think it's it was it's too crazy, too long, and I never thought I would be able to do it. I, I, I'm quite good in, in running of sport in general, but the marathon was something much, much higher than what I, I could achieve. But last year, at the beginning of last year, I don't know, I had a, a new mindset. I said, I can do a marathon. And then I trained and I did it in the middle of the of last year and I managed. So I, I, I really learned something that we can always push the, the limit if we want. And that's something I learned last year. I was 50. So even at 50 <laughs> years, we can still learn a lot. I was quite happy with it. Yeah, congratulations. That's amazing. <laughs> I also think this is the first space pod record at a special place. Do you mind sharing where you are right now? Yeah. So one of my daughter is having uh, gymnastic lessons every every week at the British School in the Netherlands. So sometimes I wait for her. So I am at the moment in the in the British School waiting for her to finish her lessons. It's great parental multitasking. Congratulations. So thank you so much for sharing about Juice and about yourself and being on the show. This was lovely. Good. Thank you very much. Excellent. I hope you enjoyed this week's episode. 
Intro music is from The Return by Deltron3030. Huge thanks to Deltron3030 for letting me use it. The beeps you just heard are from the very first space probe, Sputnik. You can visit us at listentospacepod.com, and we're at listentospacepod on Twitter. The views expressed here do not reflect the views of my employer or the employer of my guest. Thanks for listening.